Psalm 139. <clears throat> o Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I, where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Jesus name. Amen. We live in a world of increasing surveillance and whether or not it is justified on the grounds of security is always uh, an ongoing hot topic. And we're told also that the big internet companies, the Facebooks and Googles and so on of this world, gather a, a tremendous amount of data on us, uh, all about our location, our browsing history, our preferences, our purchases, and so on. And we're told that as they build up this uh, profile of us, it has commercial value. So terms like Orwellian and 1984, Big Brother, these are all terms which are, um, we quite often hear in the context of this increasing intrusion into, into, our, into our lives. 
David commences this psalm by saying, you have searched me and know me. And he takes 18 verses to describe what it means for God to search and to know us. And in those verses, he describes a God who takes surveillance and data collection to a level that Facebook and even GCHQ can only dream of. You discern my thoughts from afar. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. Your eyes beheld my unformed body. You have searched me and know me. This is knowing beyond the normal use of the word. This is knowing of a very, very different level. David's writing is an older man, a man who's had great successes and a man who's had tremendous personal failures in his life. And as I read this psalm over and over again, I wanted more and more to ask David, David, when you wrote these words, did you consider this God who searches and knows to be a comfort or a threat? Because that's not entirely clear when you read the passage. I wonder what his answer would be. Uh, perhaps he would say to me, well, let's just remember that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's a good place to start. And perhaps that's why that as we read the psalm, we're left with a sense of reverent awe of this God who knows intensely, intimately, and from whom nothing can be hidden, both good and bad. There are times that I would prefer this not to be the case. Um, when you visit some websites, you get a rather annoying little window that comes up often that says, will you allow cookies on this site? Now, most of you, like me, will have worked out at some stage that that doesn't refer to biscuits. But I've, and I always rather naively just click yes. I think maybe if I click no, something will happen to the computer or somebody will, uh, will be very annoyed with me. So I always click yes. But I'm told that some of these cookies are called tracking cookies. And I, you, you may slowly gather that I know very little about what I'm talking about here, but the, the, the little that I do know I think is fairly accurate. And they track our, our, what we do, where we browse, we track what we're putting into that website, and they gather an enormous amount of information about us. However, I'm told there's a way of turning it off. Now, I haven't got the faintest idea how to do that, but I'm told reliably that it can be done. You can refuse to have cookies. Uh, and as I say, I have no idea how to do it. There are times when I wish, and I would quite like to be able to have that facility with God. It would be quite nice at times just to say, some of the thoughts that are going through my mind about someone, God, just, just switch off for the next little while. I just want to sort of linger with these thoughts, but I'd prefer that you didn't know, so let's just 
Let's just not allow cookies for the next half hour. Disallowing access to God is, is not an option. A few weeks ago, we considered Psalm 51 when David was having to face up to the sin that he had, the sin of adultery that he committed with Bathsheba, and that horrid plan that led to the death of Bathsheba's husband, uh, Uriah. Now, was he reflecting on that and other painful memories when he said in this psalm in verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, and the night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. Wow. Is a holy God who knows our thoughts and yet from whom we have no escape, not just a little unsettling at times? To reflect on such a God can at times be a sobering experience, and so it should. But then, interwoven into this same psalm, he reflects on the comfort of God knowing us and considers the wonderful reality that I'm not a product of some random selection, but I'm a product of design. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. The creator of the universe knows us in, intimately, and he created us for a purpose. What a comfort. So the psalm reminds us that the fear of the Lord, yes, indeed, is the beginning of wisdom. Our reverent awe in the presence of a holy God who has searched us and who knows us. We may have concerns legitimately about the motive of companies who hold data on us and what they want to do with it. We may have concerns about the surveillance state, and you certainly would have if you lived in many other parts of the world. But as David bows in awe before a God who searches and knows, he has no doubt whatsoever that this is a God of mercy, of love, of grace, of forgiveness. So, although it may be a sobering experience, he has absolute confidence in the motive of the God who knows and searches him. And he has learned 
through painful experience that to come before that God honestly in the presence of God will always lead in the end to forgiveness, healing, and peace. Then there are times when we're anxious, suffering, hurt, or bereavement, or loss. And God knows, and the, the God who knows is a great comfort to us. Psalm 130, David says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. He cries out to the Lord who knows him intimately. But there are times, aren't there, that for that same healing to come, for peace to be found, I need to face up and I need to be reminded, first of all, that I have failed, that I am guilty, that I am responsible for my actions, and I'm self-centered. And I need at times to grasp the depth of the problem with my sin before the healing touch can be found. I grew up with a great sense in the church environment that I grew up in with a great sense of fear of the consequences of my sin, a fear of this God who knew, who knows me intimately. And in many ways, I came to faith because of fear of Him, perhaps an imbalance. But I do wonder at times if we've swung too far in the opposite direction and we have lost or we're in danger of losing that sense of awe, that sense of the seriousness of our own plight, which is why Paul so often uses the word rescue, that God Christ has rescued us. So God always wants us to receive His grace, but there are times that the real and painful repentance is a necessary step in the process of receiving His grace and His healing. So where does all this lead, David? Where does David's reflection on this knowing God who has searched him and knows him, where does that, where does that take him? Isn't it remarkable that the psalm which started by David declaring, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me, the same psalm ends with David praying, asking God to search him. He's given this rather sobering of account of what it means for God to know him. Now he prays, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Wow, that's a bold prayer. So why? Why does he end there? Well, he gives us two reasons in these last two verses. Firstly, search me and see if there is any offensive, wicked, sinful, whatever word may be in your translation, way in me. So convinced is he of God's mercy, God's forgiveness, that he wants God to search the dark places in his life. He wants total transparency before God. When David repented of his sin against Bathsheba and Uriah 
This is what he prayed. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore it. He had known the joy of knowing peace with God, sins forgiven, reconciliation with God. And he had also known what it was like to lose that. He desperately wanted that back. David knows that the searching light of God will reveal the dreadfulness of sin, but he also knows that it will also lead to the abundance of God's grace. In the New Testament, John speaks of walking in the light, exactly the same uh, idea behind it. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Let the searching light of God into our lives. Make this a way of living. And, and as we do so, we have complete confidence that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So David invites God to search him and see if there's any offensive or wicked or sinful way in order that he can be forgiven, that he can be cleansed and restored to the joy of salvation, now as a way of life, not just as a one-off. But his second reason for asking God to search him was because of his anxious thoughts. Now, we may have ended 2017 with many anxious thoughts, loss, job uncertainty, health concerns, broken relationships, awaiting test results. There's plenty to cause us anxiety. To the God He knows, He prays, know, know my anxious thoughts. We read this through the lens of the New Testament, through the lens of the cross, and we realize that we worship a God who knows suffering. Not just in the sense of knowing that suffering exists, but we worship a God who knows suffering intimately in the person of His Son on the cross. But he doesn't, not only does he know what suffering is firsthand, he knows my suffering. Uh, I was reminded when thinking about this of, of the occasion when the, God spoke to Moses about the suffering of his people in captivity in Egypt. This is what he says to Moses, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry. Indeed, I know their suffering. And here and then so in many other places in the Old Testament, the word knowing means, has the connotation of intimately experiencing it. I, I know their suffering. This is a great mystery to us, but one we can take great comfort from as of course David does in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
not just as a distant observer, but someone who's traveling with me, who knows about these things, knows intimately. What better place to start a series on prayer, and what better place to start a new year, 2018? It does take courage to pray this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. And as I pray that prayer, there will be times that will involve the wounds of sin being exposed in order for healing to commence. And when we have the courage in those circumstances to do so, as we noted when we looked at Psalm 53, sorry, Psalm 51, when we have the courage to do so, we're not in a place of accusation, but recognition and invitation. I stand not accused, but forgiven, not demeaned, but dignified, not condemned, but saved. In fact, I find my true humanity. But there are also times when that prayer will be to God who knows my anxieties intimately. And in such circumstances, I don't need to articulate them to this God as I would to a distant friend where I have to give all the background and context and detail. This is a God who knows intimately. And very often our peace in those circumstances is found in silence in the presence of that God who knows. Isn't that a wonderful comfort? We just do not need necessarily to find the right words. He knows. He knows my anxieties. The God who knows my thoughts from afar. May God help us this week, this year, to have the courage to pray with David. Search me, O God, and know my heart. There are times when somehow to receive that into our hearts and minds, we need the assistance of others. And let me just remind you that after the service, as always, there will be prayer in the chapel at the front available. And God has spoken through his word to you. And you just say, I know this to be true, but I want to receive it for myself. I want to know this, that the God who knows. Then please do uh, make use of that. But may God give us the courage to pray that prayer today and this week and this year. Search me, O God, and know my heart.